Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to part four of our current event and weekly Bible study for August 7th, 2011. This is a review of the Harry Potter movie. Uh, Harry's Last Battles. It says, parents, please don't take your children to see this. That goes without saying. Now, I've done a whole teaching on Harry Potter before, a long time ago. I believe I give you the link. Yeah, I think I give you the link here at some point to that old teaching. And, uh, yeah, Harry Potter Exposed, Witchcraft, Emerging One World Religion. And, again, this is why the PDFs can be kind of a wealth of information. Because as I'm going through here, a lot of times I'll say, oh, I've already done teaching on that. And I'll actually post my audio link that I've done. So you can, like, if you're reading it or if you're following along as, as you're listening to the teaching, you can say, okay, I want to listen to that because I want to know more about that particular subject. So this isn't going to be an exhaustive teaching on Harry Potter like I did before, but it's going to be a part of this study. And this is a film review by Berit Kojos, anyway, of Kojos Ministries. And it starts out by saying, I had been encouraged by my pastor at my Christian church to read the Harry Potter books. (laughs) Oh, golly. Here we go. (laughs) So I've been encouraged by my pastor. I mean, what? What great advice, you know? I I just really like to shake that pastor's hand. I'll tell you, he, he, is, he is a man of God. I mean, what discernment you've got to have for a pastor at a Christian church to recommend to the youth there to read the Harry Potter books. Because even though they have references to magic, sorcery, and witchcraft, They can teach us more about the values of friendship and bravery than he can. So the pastor cannot teach the the values of friendship and bravery from the Bible better than Harry Potter can. I, I, I just, I don't even know what to say about that. I mean, it's like I'm in the Twilight Zone. What? Then he goes on to say, I'm, now I'm no longer a Christian. Somewhere along the way, my beliefs changed. I practice Wicca. End of quote. That's who, that's who wrote in to um, this Kojos Ministries. It was, it was a young visitor to our website. This, was, this is what they said. person that visited their ministry website said this quote. I've been encouraged by my pastor at my Christian church to read the Harry Potter books because even though they have references to magic and sorcery and witchcraft, they can teach us more about the values of friendship and bravery than he can. I am no longer a Christian. Somewhere along the line, way my beliefs changed. I wonder why. You bring in cursed objects into your house, reading cursed text, learning high-level witchcraft. It's not garden variety. Very high level, Harry Potter stuff. What they teach in there. Now I practice Wicca. What's that? White witchcraft? They're the ones that wear the pentagram with the star pointing up because they do good witchcraft? That's what Harry Potter teaches? Oh man, they're... I would not want to be in that pastor's shoes. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I... I, I, I can't even imagine. I mean, these, these pastors that would do such a thing, I mean, they're just, they're just turned over to Satan. They're just total reprobates. No fear of God whatsoever. Another quote. Days before the release of the seventh and final novel in the series, youth leaders are being told they could use the popularity of the Harry Potter books and films as a launch pad for exploring Christian themes. A launch pad. This is what people are being told in Christian churches. Where did that quote come from? The Telegraph, British newspaper. So there are some churches, and and I guarantee you, Britain, America, 
And this is what happened before. Focus on the Family was endorsing the Harry Potter books. I think they were canned later because there was so much backlash. Yeah, they were endorsing it. A lot of people were endorsing it. This is, again, why Jesus Christ said, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees, which is their doctrine. Harry Potter books, make no mistake about it, is a doctrine. It's a witchcraft doctrine. It is a leavened, it's totally contradictory to the Bible. You can't use it in any way, shape, or form in a Christian setting other than to expose it. Witchcraft is forbidden in the Bible and was punishable by death in the Old Testament. But no, we can use it as a Christian launching pad. No, you can't. No, you can't. You cannot put a Christian veneer on something satanic. You can try. But obviously in God's eyes, it'll never happen. Okay, so the second quote, and these are all referenced here in the body of this article. The second quote is from Sarah P. Bailey. Probably Alice Bailey's like granddaughter, anyway. And it's entitled, How Christians Warmed to Harry Potter. Wall Street Journal, July 15th, 2011. Let's hear what she has to say. She says, in its early years, Harry Potter was a litmus test of orthodoxy. For some conservative Christians, litmus test. The word of God is the litmus test. In other words, that's where they draw the line. They would allow a lot of things, but not Harry Potter. There's a lot less obvious things that you could allow than in God's eyes, I'm sure, just as big of an abomination. They're just maybe more subtle. (laughs) Okay? But in the early years, Harry Potter was a litmus test of orthodoxy for some conservative Christians who expressed concern over its portrayal of witchcraft. The hysteria has largely died down, and not many religious leaders ask their flocks to avoid this final movie. Of course not. That might be unpopular. They couldn't feed their flesh. Don't you dare tell your congregations to do anything that would deprive their flesh of being fed, their carnality of being, you know, fed. That word carnal means flesh. It means meat. You ever heard of chicken con carne? What does that mean? Chili with meat in it. Carny is meat, like a carnivore. Anyway, a little study on there. So, the hysteria has largely died down. Not many religious leaders ask their flocks to avoid the final movie. Many Christians have cheered the portrayals of loyalty, courage, and love. End of quote. They're not Christians. (laughs) This is what Jesus Christ talks about vomiting out of his mouth in Revelation 3. They're, they're neither hot nor cold, they're lukewarm, and he's going to vomit them out of his mouth. I pray to God they wake up. I really do. I don't want that to happen. But it, it is, to a large degree, going to happen. 2 Kings 17.17 17 says, They practice witchcraft and soothsaying and sold themselves to do evil in the sight of the Lord. I had plenty of company last Saturday. Now, this is the lady writing this article. I had plenty of company last Saturday morning as I hurried into the movie theater to see the final film in the Harry Potter series. Now, I had a problem with this right off the bat. Why are you going to give your money to Hollywood? I know it's a small portion, but you're going to see a cursed movie. The Bible says... 1 Thessalonians 5.22. And again, abstain from all appearance of evil. Well, if you're running in there, and another Christian that looks up to you sees that, you're not abstaining from all appearance of evil. Well, she needed to do it to do the review. Okay, well, fine. But couldn't she have got the blow-by-blow plot from, like, off the internet? You know? I don't, I'm sorry, but I, I, got a real, I got a problem with that. I haven't went, went to a movie in years just from the fact I know where the money's going. Psalm 101 verse 3 says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. So, 
I mean, honestly, people that read the books and go to the movies, a spell gets cast over them. These kids, when you try to take Harry Potter books away from them, if you would dare do that, they will get violent. So don't tell me there's not some gigantically nasty, demonic, spiritual thing to the point of almost possession taking place. So this is why I would highly never, ever recommend going to see the movie for the sake of whatever. And that would apply to a ton of other ones as well. Several families with children walked ahead of me. Others followed. One little girl couldn't be more than three years old. How would she react to this scary movie? For more than two hours, the audience sat immersed in a mystical world filled with frightening shrieks, explosive sounds of death and destruction, and enticing suggestions. Uh, certain to appeal to a power-hungry youth already attuned to the forces of evil. If you are a parent, please don't take your children to see this movie. By its end, it had exposed the two sides of today's most popular evil. Like the yin-yang symbol, there's an obvious dark side, and a more subtle light side, the good witchcraft, to the occult deceptions. To resist the mind-changing allure, we need to understand both. The dark side of evil. This is the, this part of it. The last warning of the Harry Potter sequence promotes everything God bans. No, the last part of the Harry Potter sequence promotes everything God bans in this warning found in Deuteronomy 18, 10-12, where it says, There shall not be found among you anyone who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritualist, or one who calls up the dead. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. And God is the same today, yesterday and forever. I am the Lord God, I changeth not. That's what the Bible says. During the last three centuries, Americans have enjoyed relative freedom from the occult forces that have tormented many other parts of the world. But times have changed, and God's actual truth is rarely heard in public places. We can no longer shut out the well-marketed forces of evil that press into our lives, even in the churches. That's all the more reason to prepare for the spiritual warfare ahead. Let's begin by taking a closer look at the occult practices listed in the above verses from Deuteronomy. Each practice is featured in the movie. Witchcraft, trusting the occult spirit world for power to perform all kinds of magical spells and wonders. Witchcraft was common in the Old Testament days. Back then, it was already a normal part of life in cultures around the world. Finally, in the wake of the Protestant Reformation, such, such practices faded in the West. More recent, of course, you know, I'm sure you could debate that. More recently, that trend has been reversed. The mind-changing fantasies spread by Rowling, J.K. Rowling, the one that wrote all the Harry Potter books, and her admirers have sparked a rapid revival of interest and delight in the occult empowerment. Number two, soothsayer, a fortune teller, diviner, or seer in communication with demonic spirits. Number three, Interpreting omens, which is receiving messages and interpretations usually ominous from the spirit world. Number four, sorcery. Performing magical feats through occult forces. Um, in, if witchcraft and sorcery sound like fantasy and fairy tales to teens and children today, the devil must be very pleased. He is constantly on the lookout for those who will follow his ways, even if, just, even if it's just in their imaginations. As God long warned, God warned long ago, uh, in Jeremiah 7.24, they walked in the councils and the imagination of their evil heart. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah 17.9. So, number five, conjuring spells, which means manipulating occult forces according to mental formulas and projecting the spell through a physical object. To cast a spell is to project energy through a symbol, explained Starhawk, the Wiccan author of The Spiral Dance. Spells require the combined faculties of relaxation, visualization, concentration, and mental projection. End of quote. That was that quote from that occultist. Now, I give you here four teachings I've done. Uh, One entitled Witchcraft Practices Biblically Exposed and Defined, which would be a much bigger, larger expansion on what we just read. And then biblically exposing and fighting New Age witchcraft. And then the deceptive allure of witchcraft, New Age and near-death experiences. Near-death experiences. So, these people that say, oh, I went toward the light and all this other garbage. Alright, well, 
I'm going to I get into that in this study. And then the last one is the massacre of innocence, the occult roots of abortion. Remember that teaching I had talked about in, on my, the teaching I did on abortion? Well, it relates to this because it is part of witchcraft, a huge part. So, most spells in the movie were cast through magically empowered wands. The powerful Elder Wand apparently had a mind of its own and could choose whether or not to serve its new master. That's one little sassy piece of wood, I'll tell you that. Anyway, Wikipedia explains its bizarre history. Quote, In the preceding movie, Voldemort opens Dumbledore's tomb and claims the wand as his own, assuming incorrectly that Snape is the wand's current master. Voldemort slays Snape, not realizing that the wand's allegiance was to Draco. I mean, these are some really great names. Draco, like dragon? Yeah. Harry had subsequently disarmed Draco and taken his wand. The Elder Wand's allegiance has since shifted to Harry. Voldemort uses the Elder Wand to cast his final killing curse, which is really biblical, cast his final killing curse against Harry's expolarimus charm, whatever that is. But since the Wand's allegiance is to Harry... Voldemort's spell backfires and kills him once and for all. So again, Helly Potter saves the day. You know, good witchcraft always triumphs over evil witchcraft, and that's actually total garbage, because anybody that gets into witchcraft quickly comes to the conclusion that if they're into white witchcraft, they realize that that's not where the real power lies. It's in the black stuff. The white witchcraft is just garden variety, just to get you you into the movement, get you good and demon-possessed, so you'll realize at some point the gray and the black are where it's at. And that's, I mean, I've seen enough cult, occultists interviewed that will verify that. So, Proverbs 8, 35 and 36 says, For whoso findeth me findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul, and all they that hate me love death. Well, I guarantee you, witches, for the most part, by virtue of what they're doing, are expressing their hatred toward a holy God. And all they that hate me love death. And here you've got this Voldemort uses the Elder Wand to cast his killing curse against Harry's charm. Going further, spells were also essential to the creation and destruction of the Horcruxes, whatever that is, used by Voldemort to secure his own immortality, which is a very common theme among, you see the whole vampire garbage and, oh, we live forever. We're like, you know, the walking, living dead type of deal. We, we live off the blood of humans and these people claim to be immortals and it's, it's um, for the most part, the, the bottom line is they're all going to end up in the lake of fire and they're not going to be immortal. Okay, so... They're all, but that's that's the big promise of immortality and the carrot that Satan puts out there to get people involved in witchcraft. They 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 know that deep down, I believe a lot of times they know there's a holy God, and they figure, well, this is a way I can escape that. I can be immortal, so I don't have to ever have to answer to God because I'll never die, and that's a lie from the pit of hell. It is appointed unto man once to die. The Bible says, and after this, the judgment. So, invented by J.K. Rowling, they only exist in the imaginations of those who are captivated by her tales and by the additional information they inspire. For example, Wikipedia adds this gruesome description. Quote, The creation of a horcrux requires one to commit a murder, which which as the supreme act of evil rips the soul apart... After a murder, a spell is cast to infuse part of the ripped soul into an object, which becomes the horcrux. Both inanimate objects and living organisms have been used as horcruxes, though the latter are considered riskier to use since the organism can move and think for itself. I mean, it sounds really Christian to me. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I'm sold. So you got to commit a murder... And the supreme act of evil rips the soul apart, and after the murder, spell is cast to infuse part of the ripped soul into the object, and it becomes a horcrux. Yeah, I mean, that's what sounds about as satanic of a thing as you could possibly ever try to do. Yeah, but this is what they're teaching in Harry Potter. I mean, I'm sorry, Harry Potter. So, this quote 
To be destroyed, a horcrux must suffer damage so severe that repair through magical means would be impossible. Once a horcrux is irreparably damaged, the fragment of the soul within is destroyed. Well, I'm glad we got we, we got that you know made clear to us. Where did that come from? Uh, that was from uh, Wikipedia's description of horcruxes. Okay, so going further now. I mean, hopefully what we've said already is enough to convince people that this show is pure evil and a Christian has no business, you know, being within a thousand feet of one of these places where it's being, you know, shown. Anyway, let's go further. These dark fantasies share a common consequence with actual occult realities, both, both stirring cravings for new and even darker occult thrills and knowledge. See, this is the thing. This is an entry point for people, young people in particular, into witchcraft. And it's not like little innocent. This is, I mean, we're talking about some high-level witchcraft. These people are in. I, I read, when, when I did the first Harry Potter teaching, I can remember that there were witches that read these books and saw the movies and said, there's stuff in these books and these movies that I don't even, that I don't even do. I don't even try. Because I know... They even had enough sense as a witch or a warlock to know that if they did this, just like playing with a Ouija board, they don't do that. A lot of witches and warlocks know better because they know demon possession will follow. And these kids are being literally demon-possessed at a very early age. The sooner Satan can get them, the better. The same reason Hitler had the old Hitler youth. Get the kids in their formative ages. Same reason we just had that Antango Makes Two book that the New York City school system is going to indoctrinate uh, these preschoolers with. Teaching gay and lesbian and all this other garbage. That it's okay and it's wonderful and it's a good thing. You get them, the earlier you get them in their formative age, the more likely you're going to grab them, ensnare them, and Satan will have a hold on them the rest of their life. And they'll grow up and they'll just be... They'll become more and more wicked the further and longer they stay in it. So, the natural consequences of pursuing such a path is spiritual bondage and torment, ultimately in hell. Listen again to God's warning in Proverbs 1, 30-31, where it says, They would have none of my counsel, this is God speaking, they would have none of my counsel and despise my every rebuke. Therefore they shall eat the fruit of their own way, and shall be filled to the full with their own fancies, end of quote. It's, it's like what the Bible talks about. God shall send them strong delusion. That they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. You know, God will let you have it your own way for a while. He'll give you over to a reprobate mind if that's what you want. He'll let your conscience be seared with a hot iron. You know, for in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. That's the day and time we're truly living in. First Timothy four one. All it's like the Bible's just totally coming. Not, not to say it didn't come to life before, but every day that this stuff gets worse and worse and worse, it's like it's more confirming of Scripture. And yet a lot of pastors would avoid this like, you know, like they would be afraid they couldn't explain it from a scriptural standpoint. It's easily explainable from a scriptural standpoint. In fact, it's the only thing that makes sense from a scriptural standpoint. But most people, you know, are so lukewarm and watered down, they can't handle the truth anymore. It's like the Bible talks about, the Spirit of the Lord has left the church. It's Ichabod over the door. Anyway, let's go further. And then the sixth thing, calling up the dead, necromancy, invoking the spirit of a deceased person through occult formulas. Now, I don't believe this is actually a calling up the literal dead from hell. I do not believe that. I don't see any Bible for it. Okay? But, of course, yeah, I know the Witch of Endor and this type of thing. Okay. Maybe God allowed an exception there. But for the most part, when these people, these necromancers... If they were really calling up dear Aunt Gertrude from the grave, or, or dear Uncle Harry, 
these necromancers, these, these fortune tellers who are just nothing but uh, tools of Satan to deceive mankind. If they really did call them up from hell, do you think they wouldn't come up just screaming and telling that person, oh my word, get saved? Don't come to this place. Just like the rich man did in Luke, where he, he said, can I go to my, my brothers and tell them, or send somebody to my brothers and tell them not to come to this place? You know they would be. No, no, no. They go, oh, I'm in a better place and, and everything's good. And stuff like this. And yet, they don't say it's the Lord Jesus Christ. They just, you know, they died They died godless. They died without Jesus Christ. Yet, they're in a better place. What are they? They're familiar spirits. That are familiar with that person's actions from the past. Probably possessed them their whole life. Or at least hung around them and saw their actions. They can even mimic voice inflections. And even appear as the person who died. Satan... Satan will eat that up all day long. I mean, he'll, he'll give you, he'll meet you at your need. You, you choose witchcraft as a medium to supposedly become enlightened, Satan will meet you at your need. And that's what these people that call themselves fortune tellers and necromancers all do. They're just liars and deceivers. And familiar spirits are working through them that mimic these supposedly people from the dead. And that's all these ghosts are too. They're not people that are walking around with unfinished business in this garbage. No. They're either in heaven or hell. Well, I know that's not popular, what I just said. Anyway. But do you know how many shows and movies are devoted to that very concept of convincing you that you don't really go to hell. You go kind of... Really, really bad people might go to hell. Like mass murders. Really, really bad guys. But the people that are basically morally upright in these types of things... No, Mm-mm. maybe, and, and even then, the, the, the bad people go to bat maybe a dark place, but it's not hell. There's no fire and brimstone, nothing like that. Remember that show like Ghost with Patrick Swayze a long time ago and Demi Moore. You know what? What a bunch of garbage. He got to hang around in in, in you know unfinished business, and all. this is such lies from the pit of hell. It's all done by Hollywood in order to deceive you. And they get you thinking, well, well if you, think about it. If you buy into any of that, then you, you, you better just throw the Bible out the window. This is what they're trying to do with this Hollywood brainwashing. Convince you that there's no heaven or hell. Well, if there's no heaven or hell, then the Bible isn't true. Exactly. That's what they want you to believe. So, going further, here the story gets more complicated. Harry himself was one of Voldemort's horcruxes. Since a piece of Voldemort's soul was hidden inside of him. I mean, what a bunch of garbage this is. Therefore, Harry had to die before Voldemort could be killed. The realization made Harry's life bleak indeed. The months of hiding from Voldemort and his armies had taken their toll. Choosing to face his inevitable death rather than fight it, he walked unarmed into Voldemort's forest camp. But first, Harry wanted to see his dead parents and friends. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, so... He wanted to see his dead parents and friends who were all, all in hell, right? No, 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 no. They, they didn't go to hell, of course, no. His magical resurrection stone. I mean, what a, what a blasphemous bunch of garbage this is. His magical resurrection stone enabled him to call up the spirits of his father and mother, as well as Remus and Lupin and Cirrus Black. They promised to stay with him until he died. And what are devils for? You know, if you can't depend on a familiar spirit mimicking devil, who can you depend on? That's always been my motto. Sorry. Anyway, during his brief time in the state of, quote, death, Harry was visited by the spirit of Albus Dumbledore, who suggested that he return to life. Now, remember all that I just said about this whole thing about, this is a classic example of this. You're up there as a little kid thinking, oh my word, there's no... I mean, even if you'd never even heard about heaven and hell, your, 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 your concept of the afterlife is already formed. And it's very appealing to the flesh. There's no punishment afterward. I can do whatever I want. I can be a witch, warlock, whatever I want to do. I can, you know. So they suggested he return to life. Like he had that option. He was dead and he had the option to turn to life. Since dying had freed him from the bondage of Voldemort's horcrux, he chose to return. Many have equated Harry's death with the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yes, it was. 
It's a blasphemous knockoff of the Lord Jesus Christ who was crucified on the cross, buried in the tomb, crucified on the cross, died, buried, resurrected the third day. This is exactly the same thing that Harry Potter is trying to appear as a savior to humanity. He died, went to see the spirits of his mother, fathers, and his his mother, dad, and his buddies, and then Dumbledore persuaded him he needed to return to life, just like Jesus was resurrected. And uh, so he chose to return then. You see how blasphemous this garbage is? Any such comparison is a mockery of God's actual truth. I'd say she's putting it lightly there. The movie concludes with a brief glimpse of the three friends 19 years later. Ron, of course, married Hermione. Harry married Ron's sister, Ginny. Now the two couples are standing with their children on the magical railroad, platform number 9.3-4. Ready to send their older children off to the school of Hogwarts Witchcraft Magical Express. So they're going to defile their children as well, get them that satanic education that they need. In a world that despises God's words and moral moral guidelines, it's not, not surprising that a series of books based on witchcraft and wizardry has won the hearts of people. Occult themes, whether in books, movies, or computer games, have become one of the most effective tools for social transformation. Even churches are promoting the change. The light side of evil could be of evil could hardly be more deceptive. But the consequence for those who believe his lies will be severe. Isaiah 5, 20 and 21, again we've quoted this, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. That's all that Harry Potter does. Today's rising world system has called for an unbiblical peace and a prescribed form of solidarity that has little tolerance for Christians who refuse to compromise. Yet we need a stand firm we need to stand firm in Jesus Christ, our sovereign Lord. He will surely meet our needs and much more. Those who resist this world's tempting lies in his name will be safe in him now and forever. The world system denies the message of the cross. That's why the name of Jesus is banned from all kind of public places. But we cannot be silent. What Jesus prayed to his father almost 2,000 years ago is now his message for us. And if we go to John 17... 14 through 18, it says, I have given them thy word, Jesus talking to the Father, I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them. That's what we should expect. You know, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray that thou shouldest take them out of the world. Remember, the Bible says, that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Okay, so again, you know, this is something we should expect. I pray that thou, not that thou shouldest taketh them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keepeth them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world, meaning his followers. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. What does the word sanctify? It, mean, it means to be made holy and set apart for God's use. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. Okay. That's why the Bible talks about the washing of the water of the word. When we read it, it sanctifies us. Makes us holy and sets us apart, essentially. Thy word is true. As thou hast sent them into the world, even so I have sent them into the world. Okay, and that's the, that's the end of that particular portion. There's a whole bunch of other links you can click on. I give you my teaching on Harry Potter Exposed. It's from 2007, July 1st, 2007. And uh, witchcraft, the emerging one world religion. So I give you a whole bunch of articles on that. Next article, Noise of Thunder Will Not Be Silent, Chris Pinto article turned away due to subject matter. Now this is from Chris Pinto. Unfortunately, we went to send out an article included in this email and were turned down due to the subject matter. I don't know how he could be turned down. Maybe his email server did, or or his email service. Uh... What was the subject matter? Is the Vatican behind concentration camps in America? It's a pretty lighthearted subject. I I can't imagine why they'd be turned down on that. Uh, Over the last few days, Chris has been discussing the roles of Rome, the Vatican, and the Pope during and after World War II. Well, I mean, a little tiny nutshell. I mean, um, 
Rome was yoked up with Nazi Germany, big time. And Hitler had went to the churches and said, I want you to preach Romans 13, which basically their whipped, warped, twisted interpretation of Romans 13 was, obey the government, don't question the government, do whatever the government tells you, even if it contradicts the word of God, which God would never do, because God is not the author of confusion. And Hitler had a whole cadre of the um, church, and Catholics in particular, he even signed... um, he signed treaties or concordances with the Vatican. There's pictures of it. Totally yoked up with the Vatican Church, with 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 the Catholic Church. And at the end of the war, the Catholic Church was responsible um, through what they call the rat lines for getting a lot of the Nazi war criminals out of Germany and getting them. Some of them through Project pa- Paperclip went over and we came and worked for us. Rocket uh, scientist Joseph Mengele and these types of really horrific devils that worked in like the concentration camps and things of this nature and did all kind of horrific experiments. We shipped them over here so they could work for us, change their names and things like that through Project Paperclip. I mean, you could just do a keyword search for Project Paperclip and see the declassified CIA um, papers that verify what I'm saying to you. And then some of them were actually whisked away to Argentina and um, lived there and maybe went back and forth between America and here. But a lot of the Nazi war criminals were totally whisked out of, of Germany and protected. I just watched a documentary the other night where, I mean, I mean, it's they prove it. They've got the documentation. They've even got, I mean, they've got so much documentation to prove that now. But the Catholic Church was intimately involved with that. Well, they're of the father, of the, they, are, they are of the father, the devil, and of his works they will do. And then, you know, they go on to talk about Nazism and how it came into America. Not only was it prevalent when Adolf Hitler was here, but it was prevalent and still is prevalent today in America. You got the, you know, Aryan Brotherhood in the prisons. You got the Nazi lowriders in the prisons. You've got um, Nazis flat out mixing, they've got their own church out in Idaho. You know, I just I, there's a, all kind of documentaries up on this. Total white supremacists. And you know one of the most common themes I see is the denial of the Holocaust. And they show all these Jews that, like, they, they lived in this one town in Illinois, and these Jews were just totally incensed. This was, like, way back when. Saying, how dare you say there's no... I mean, they were showing them all the... the how they had their, you know, the concentration tattoos on their wrists, and how there's... Millions of eyewitnesses of these concentration camps. There were thousands of them over Germany. And what the Americans and, and, the, and the people that came in and occupied Germany did is they took the people in the towns from Germany and made them go into the concentration camps and bury all the dead bodies. It's well documented. There's video footage of it. But no, there was never no Holocaust. No, six million Jews weren't killed. Uh-uh. And then all the other people they killed. I mean, it's insanity. Where did it come from? Where did that whole thing about denying the Holocaust come from? From the Nazis. That's where it came from. They denied the Holocaust totally. And you've got all these people that call themselves Christians today trying to convince me there was never any Holocaust and and God's done with the Jews and all this other stuff. Christian identity, British Israeliism. You know where the roots are from that? Nazism. You're getting your your dogma and your teaching from Nazis, from lies they have perpetuated since World War II because it's it's alive and well. And blaming everything on the Zionists. Where's that from? Nazism. Hopefully if you read that before, you saw Nazism or Zionism is one part of the onion layer. It's not the whole enchilada. It's not the whole thing. There's the Illuminati. There's the Catholic Church. There's all the factions of the Illuminati, all their councils, all the high-level witchcraft, Luciferianism. I mean, there's so many facets. Satan is the common denominator, though. Him and his fallen angels are at the top of the food chain. Anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in. So... The subject matter was, is the Vatican behind concentration camps in America? Over the last few days, Chris has been discussing the roles of Rome, Vatican, and Pope during and after World War II. 
Now see the connections Chris has been able to make with those same roles in America today. So without further ado, um, is the Vatican behind concentration camps in America? A movement has been growing among independent Christians who have begun to recognize the pervasive influence of the Roman Catholic Church in the United States. One radio host asks, is Rome setting up concentration camps in the U.S.? Stories of detention camps in the U.S. have permeated the conspiracy community for decades. It's, It's not a theory. They're there. There's, there's over 800 of them. They're there. They're empty. And they're documented. I did a whole... I had a whole uh, section on that in my teaching on the avian flu when I did that video um, back in 06. I mean, <laughs> it's not really a point of debate. So, it goes on to say, but could the Vatican's involvement actually make sense of it after all? Well, remember what the Vatican did before. I, I told you, you know, Inquisition killing at least 50 million people. Huh. They're about death. The Catholic cult is about death and hell. Okay? Satan, which is at the head of the Catholic Church, is about taking as many people to hell as possible. So why would it surprise us, and they've got such a history of it, with the Inquisition alone, why would it surprise us that they would be behind that, to a certain extent? goes on to say, Rome carried on the Great Inquisition throughout Europe for 600 years, says Chris Pinto, host of the Noise of Thunder radio broadcast, but with the Revolutionary Era, her persecutors went underground. She continued her programs of extermination of heretics, but did so secretly by manipulating the world governments from behind the scenes. Now, I've done a ton of teachings on the Catholic Church. Just key in Catholic or Catholicism in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com and you'll get your boat loaded. The Vatican's involvement in genocidal programs through the 20th century is the subject of Pinto's broadcast this week. He begins by exposing the Vatican rat lines just after World War II, which I just mentioned. When the Church of Rome helped thousands of Nazi war criminals to escape justice, smuggling them out of Europe and into Argentina. Well documented. I mean, Argentina, they went, the documentary I watched the other night, they actually went in and they went into the uh, records, Argentinian records from like that time period, and it was, and it showed they were, it, it had all the records of them being smuggled in. Where they were. The addresses of where they were. They actually went to these addresses. And usually wherever they went, the people were just totally silent. They wouldn't tell them anything. Even to this day. See, at the time, the Argentinian president or whatever dictator was very sympathetic to Nazism. That's why they all ended up going to Argentina. That's why. It would would be the logical place for them to go. So, going further... Uh, let's see here. The United States and Great Britain were also involved, says Pinto, referring to a 1994 episode of Primetime Live with Sam Donaldson, titled The Last Refuge. But why would they help the Nazis escape? I mean, weren't we supposed to destroy them? According to Pinto, quote, because the Nazi Holocaust was a 20th century version of the Great Inquisition. Rome was doing, through Hitler, what she had been doing for nearly a thousand years. When Hitler died, Pinto says the Vatican called him a son of the Catholic Church who died while defending Christianity. You hear that? The Catholic Church called Adolf Hitler when he died a son of the Catholic Church who died while defending Christianity. Well, he may have been a son of the Catholic Church or, but he didn't die defending true Christianity. He, he, he died defending Satan, essentially. Yet more, more fruit of this corrupt, wicked Catholic Church cult. More fruit. Unbelievable. In in 1888, the Protestant missions of London warned that the Vatican and her Jesuit priests were working to dominate the world through England and America. He continues... By saying the fact that they are still pursuing this tactic becomes more evident as world events unfold. Now again, I'm not going to go so far as to say the Catholic Church is just, you know, like we would say about the Zionists. Oh, they're the only source of evil. And Catholic Church is, no, uh-uh. they're, they're one layer of the onion. They're a big layer, no doubt, no doubt. I do believe the one world religion will be formed. Um, 
underneath her wings. It will be an amalgamation of all religions with its basis being in witchcraft. And that's why I've done the teaching, Witchcraft, the Coming One World Religion, which I gave you the link in the PDF to this teaching. So, Pinto then says, Britain's Tony Blair has now teamed up with American, America's Rick Warren, we just talked about this, I believe, last week or the week before, to drag Christians into a worldwide interfaith movement designed by Rome to erect the kingdom of Antichrist. My concern is that pastors and churches will be used by the Vatican to carry out what may be an American massacre in the future. Yep, he's right. This is the tactic Rome used in the 1994 Rwanda genocide, where some 800,000, 800,000 Tutsi Christians were murdered by the mostly Catholic Hutus. Just good Catholics murdering other people, right? Roman Catholic priests and nuns took part in the murders and have been sheltered by the Vatican afterwards, just as they did the Nazis. What a sick, corrupt world we live in. Where this kind of garbage get, is gotten away with, and yet they act like they're so pious and so holy and so holier than thou. These devils from the pit of hell with their pedophile priesthood. Unbelievable. The tactic Pinto refers to is the Vatican is involved in Protestant churches that were given over to ecumenicism in the bloodletting. While Pinto claims might seem extreme, he points out that our current Supreme Court is dominated by Roman Catholics, the new chaplain for the House of Representatives is a Jesuit priest, and that our last two presidents, Bush and Obama, have both bowed to the Pope in Rome. I'm sure it's going to be a component, and it's probably going to be a big component, but I'm not going to pin everything. I'm not saying he's pinning everything on the Catholic Church, but again, it's a layer of the onion, a big layer. So, and it, then I give all of his contact information. Okay, so, then I give you some pictures of some of the videos he's made. Uh, the Secret Mysteries of America's Beginnings. The Riddles in Stone, where it talks, and the Secret Mysteries of American Beginnings talks a lot about Francis Bacon. And the title, like, the whole vision of the New Atlantis and America being that. And America's really occult underpinnings, not America's Christian foundation like we've been so told. Now, I'm not saying there weren't no Christians back then when the form, things were formed, but I would definitely say there was way more occult underpinnings that weren't obviously, obviously, that weren't obviously known when America was formed. Uh, it's, it's very, very telling. And the facts are all there if you care to investigate. You can go up on YouTube and, and find these videos, I believe. The Secret uh, Mysteries of America's Beginnings, Riddles in Stone, which talks about all the occult architecture of Washington, D.C., and then one on the dollar bill. I mean, there's so many things that from a Christian standpoint, if you say, oh, well, we're a Christian nation, whoa, well, there's a lot of things that don't line up with that. Tons. Of things that don't line up with that. Not to say there were never any Christians. But there's a whole other side of that story that you might want to avail yourself to. And then he's also done other videos. The Founding Faith uh, of the Founding Fathers. And then A Lamp in the Dark, which gets into the King James Bible. And so he's got some really good, well-researched DVDs. So this is the Chris Pinto DVD collection. It uses... Creates dramatic documentaries using reenactments, thought-provoking research, and a powerful message to expose the world of deception within hidden within Freemasonry, the Jesuit order, and the Roman Catholic Church. So, yeah, that's something that you might want to avail yourself to. <clears throat> Let's go further here. Uh, this is entitled Nigerian Baby Factory Raided. Nigerian police have raided a home of an allegedly being used to force teenage girls to have babies that were then offered for sale for trafficking or other purposes, authorities said on Wednesday. This is from June 1st of this year. We stormed the premises of the Cross Foundation in Abba three days ago following a report that pregnant girls between the age of 15 and 17 are being made to make, make babies for the proprietor, said Bala Hassan, police commissioner. 
We rescued 32 pregnant girls and arrested the proprietor who is undergoing interrogation over allegations that he normally sells the babies to people who may use them for rituals and other purposes. End of quote. Well, what were they doing in the Old Testament that was such an abomination to God? They were sacrificing their children to Moloch and Shemosh and whatever other deity, Marduk. This is horrific stuff. In 2008, police raids revealed an alleged network of such clinics dubbed baby farms or factories in the local press. Cases of child abuse and people trafficking are common in West Africa. Some people are brought to for use as labor in plantations, mines, factories, or as domestic help. Others are sold into prostitution, while a few are either killed or tortured in black magic rituals. Yeah, but again, if you don't know this stuff is going on, you wouldn't never know to pray about it. But I mean, if you ever listen to my, my teaching I did on pedophilia, which a lot of it relates to Disney, and I mean Walt Disney, and that whole thing I did on pedophiles, and how that's related to the highest level Luciferian satanic black magic, you know, it, it, that was a brutal study to do. But that's what's going on. I mean, you know, it's just pure wickedness, and Satan's wickedness knows no bounds. And if you give yourself over to Satan, that's eventually where you're going to totally end up. If you have no moral compass left. Next article, which is probably just as bad. Shock. Chinese stamina booster pills made of dead babies. A South Korean SBS TV documentary team accuses Chinese pharmaceutical companies of selling dead baby pills as stamina boosters. The team reveals that the truth behind the dead baby pill is horrific and disturbing. Chinese hospitals and abortion clinics that are connected to the business immediately notify pharmaceutical companies when a baby dies, mostly because of a stillbirth or an abortion. The companies then purchase the baby corpses and store them in some family's refrigerator to avoid suspicion. The next step in this highly secretive uh, demonic process is putting the corpses into a medical drying microwave and grinding them into pills. The ground baby corpse powder is then put into a capsule ready to be sold as a stamina enhancer, according to the SBS team. Now, I've been seeing this stuff about China um, eating babies. I mean, for a long time. I haven't said anything about it. But now we're getting more and more and more and more verification. That they that a lot of people in China actually buy babies, uh, aborted babies or whatever, and they eat, they eat them. I mean, it is so stinking, unbelievably horrific and incomprehensible. Um, <laughs> but I keep seeing more and more proof about this. And then... I give you a link to the main article that talks about this, and then I also give you a link to a Trevor Hamick from Victory Baptist Church who did a whole teaching on this. China's dead baby pill. And I honestly think this is just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, if you saw the stuff that, that they regularly eat in China, I remember the Olympics when the Olympics were over in China, and I, I, not to say I watched all the Olympics, but there was one scene where they went down to the street, and they were showing all the food. I mean, it, the most disgusting uh, things you could possibly put in your bodies. Like, you know, roasted scorpions and all these, just snakes and just, ugh, just nasty stuff. I'm sorry, call me, whatever, but... I just don't see why we need to be eating that stuff. I mean, there is, there is wisdom in the Levitical dietary guidelines, and I guarantee you all that stuff is off limits from, a, from an unclean, clean standpoint. And I understand we're not under Levitical law, but there is wisdom there, and I've even done a study on that entitled The Wisdom of, of the Levitical Dietary Guidelines. And also, is vegetarianism biblical? Uh, which it's not. It's not. I mean, I'm not saying you don't have that as an option, 
But from a biblical standpoint, it cannot be justified. Where, where you, like George Malcolm is the hallelujah diet guy, just can't, doing a keyword quote for, um, I think it's part of the Levitical dietary guideline thing, but it's either George Malcolmus or Hallelujah Diet, Vegetarianism, you should be able to find it on contendingfortruth.com. So, next article, email from a listener named Mick, and it's entitled, Looks Like G. Edward Griffith had gone, Has Gone Over to the Dark Side. He says, hey Scott, just FYI, but it looks like the noted author of The Creature from Jekyll Island, G. Edward Griffin, has gone over to the dark side. He's made a DVD that's loaded with nothing but New Age garbage. And he gives a link to it. Now when I clicked on it, it's called The Frequency of Genius. Total New Age garbage. He's yoked up with all these other New Agers. And guess who, guess who else is on this panel that's speaking on this video? Jacques Fresco. Now, you probably don't remember Jacques Fresco, but he's the guy that, um, kind of at the spear tip of the zeitgeist movement, which I've done several teachings exposing. And he's the founder of the Venus Project. The Venus Project is where he has this little utopian city that he's literally erected out in Venus, Florida. I went there on several occasions to pray. The last time I had went out there, or the time before last I went out there to pray, after I had prayed one or two times, it was up for sale. I'm like, whoa, what, why would you want to be getting rid of your, your utopia? I mean, it was it was rock bottom price, too. I'm not saying that, you know, but I'm saying, hey, it was kind of a weird coincidence. Started praying in front of this place. I mean, it's, it's hard to find. Because <laughs> Venus, Florida is like, you will not get there by accident. It is remote as far as Florida goes. And um, it was for sale. And it just so happens there's, right down the road from it, there's a gay, lesbian trailer park called Camp Mars. It's like, as the crow flies, probably no more than a mile away from this. And it's Venus, Florida. It's called the Venus Project. They picked this specific plot of land because of its occult significance. There's a lot of, I'm sure there's a lot of... Um, Things we don't know about Venus, Florida. Not even a town. I don't even know what you'd call it. But anyway, he's 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 yoked up with Jacques, Jacques Fresco. And I told him, I said, I've devoted whole segments of my teaching to expose him, Jacques Fresco, and I've even went into this complex in Venus, Florida to pray against this wickedness. And I give him the two teachings I've done on the Zeitgeist um, movie, Rebuttal to its Attacks on Jesus Christ, and then also the movie Zeitgeist Dendum, which was another movie that came out to supposedly further bolster the Zeitgeist. And I've done a lot of stuff on that. Now, G. Edward Griffin. Okay, this doesn't really surprise me. I've never said this on air before. I went to a lecture from him a long time ago. I don't know how many years ago. Probably seven, eight. Okay. We went in there. I remember when I went in there, I had to buy this silver dollar in order to actually give them the admission to get in. You had to like pay $20. They gave you a silver dollar, silver dollar, and I think you had to like give it back to them or something. I don't know. It's really weird. So I go in there, and I'm sitting down, and I'm kind of, you know, I'm like midway back, and I'm looking at him. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I've never had this happen to me before. His eyes look totally black to me when he was given this lecture. And I thought, now I don't have the greatest vision, okay? I mean, I've got like 20-50. It's not the greatest. I just got glasses the other day. And, but it's not, it's not too bad. And back then, it was probably even a little better. And it was the weirdest thing. Because I was trying to look at this guy and look at him, and I kept having to turn away because it was like his eyes from where I was sitting looked totally black. And I've never had that happen before in my life. Now, if you listen to my... My teachings I've done on my supernatural experiences, just key in supernatural in the keyword search box on my on my homepage, you'll see I've been through some stuff. Some really heavy duty spiritual stuff. But I don't know. I mean at the time I had no idea what was going on. I hadn't ever heard of what they call black eyed kids or black eyed beings, mean B E I N G that I've done some studies on and kind of mentioned before. I remember at the end, I, at the, first I kind of wanted, I had, um, I think I had a book by him that I wanted to get him to sign because he was autographing all these books. 
I literally, at the time, could not bring myself to go up to the front of the room to have him sign my book because I was so freaked out at what I was seeing with his eyes. I'm just saying, you can call me crazy, I don't know, but it was as vivid of a thing as I had ever experienced. And it wasn't something I was running out there and telling everybody about. I haven't even started this teaching yet. And I've never even said this, I've said it to very few people, but I'm telling you, it did happen to me. It did happen to me, and it wasn't just like I I went up there and glanced at the guy, and, and it was like he had black eyes. It was like the whole time. So much so at the end, I didn't even want to get near him. And I, I just exited. I kind of like looked at him and they were, it's like they were still black and I just like walked out the side and left. Never said it to anybody. But I'm sure I could do a whole teaching on G. Edward Griffith and, and yes, there's a lot of truth you can glean from his book, Creature of Jekyll Island, but um, on the Federal Reserve, probably the finest thing ever written on the subject. But does he point people to the Lord Jesus Christ? No, of course not. None of these guys usually ever do the, the alternative media that are secular. No. So ultimately, they're still pointing you to deception. Because they're not pointing you to the true source of truth. So anyway, I'm totally out of time. I'm going to have to re, I'm gonna have to upload these and then restart over again. Because we've already been going for 4 hours and 17 minutes. And I'm going to try to get through this teaching tonight. So, God bless you and we'll see you in part 5.